Welcome to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. I'm Rick Cushman. And I'm Paul Wagner. So, Paul, I've got some proof today that being a wine snob and crime are a bad pairing. You know, I think being a wine snob, we think being a wine snob should be a crime, don't we, Rick? I do. You know, I'm going to write my congresswoman. Good idea. Yeah. So we're going to tell you the details of how a notorious criminal was done in by his apparent wine snobbery. Oh, yeah. Plus, Paul's going to love this. I found some health studies. Oh, no. Quick. <laughs> Matt, let me run from the room. <laughs> well, <laughs> one, one of them says wine may be the key to a long life, and another says wine fights tooth decay. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm telling you, Paul loves my studies. <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> also, today we have a couple listener questions about wine and allergies. Another listener asks a great question about why wine writers make wine and cheese pairings so complicated. Because they can. Because they're wine writers. Plus, our stuff we love involves oysters. Oh, yeah. And in our horrible wine writing, we wonder if our website is maybe making up customer quotes. And as usual— Surely not. I can't imagine they would do that. <laughs> and as usual, of course, besides waking, making fun of all those people, we are going to make fun of wine snobs. And cheese snobs. And cheese snobs. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, those, the continuing reminder that we are on Capital Public Radio's podcast lineup. God bless them. They are the most wonderful patient, station. Patient, patient thoughtful, caring, kind, charitable. Wonderful human beings there at Capital Public Radio. Uh, also on Napa Valley, Napa Broadcasting that comes out of Napa Valley College. Absolutely. More patient, wonderful people. And 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 educated. And educated. <laughs> there, boy, you should, you should know better <laughs> if you're educated. All right. So let's start with how wine snobbery backfired on a notorious criminal. This yes. happened in Portland. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, you know, Oregon. So it's yes. wine country. Yeah. So we're talking, you know, this is good. Yes. Yeah. I do like this. And I, I give Paul uh, full credit for finding this report. Um, it happened in Portland. A man who police called a serial burglar, mm-hmm. burglar, uh, right. who was wanted for nine burglaries, was caught after he broke into a storage locker and stole some very high-end wine. And Paul, how'd the police nab him? Well, he didn't take all the wine, Rick. He only took the really good bottles. But in order to get to the really good bottles, he had to move the cheaper bottles out of the way. And when he did, he left his fingerprints yep. on the cheap bottles. <laughs> and it's the age-old story. Old serial criminal only wants the expensive stuff. <laughs> I've seen it in a James Bond movie. <laughs> Bond always gets them in the end. Y- you know those aren't real, right, Rick? Don't be a spoiler. <laughs> All right. According to the Portland police, the guy had already been convicted of 11 felonies and six misdemeanors. Makes you wonder what he's doing walking around. <laughs> but he probably didn't take the less expensive bottles because he didn't get caught with him and ruined his wine rack. That's right. Because he, yeah, it's just such a wonderful story, isn't it? He moves the cheap stuff out of the way. There you go. If only that would happen to all wine snobs. I think, (laughs) like you said, just put put them all in the pokey. (laughs) Okay. All right, so Paul, uh, I know you're eager to hear, so I'm going to tell you about a 15-year study I found. Oh, good. Are you going to take 15 years to explain it? No. no, Good. Just a few seconds. Okay, that's good. So this 15-year study was from UC Irvine's Institute for Marriage memory impairments, and neurological disorders. I can understand why you would be interested in this, right? <laughs> it's the impairment part in particular. <laughs> um, it's UCI Mind. And they looked at different lifestyle habits and their impact on longevity. And they've been doing this for since 2003, including mm-hmm. more than 1,600 people who volunteered to have twice-a-year evaluations, including neurological, neuropsychological, cognitive and physical tests, and to give information about their lifestyles, diets, medical histories. Okay. Big deal. Okay. Big deal. Researchers reported the American Association for the Advancement of Science annual conference in Austin, Texas. <clears throat> As you know, one of the places I always go for my science studies. Yes. Well, because you're worried about memory impairment and neurological disorders. What are we talking about? <laughs> um, 
And they found drinking about two glasses of wine or beer per day, either one of them, is associated with an 8% reduced risk of premature death or 18. 18, 1-8%. 18% yeah, so reduced like almost risk. one-fifth yeah. uh, reduced risk of premature death uh, over abstainers. Yes. The other things that, of course, that can increase lifespan, regular exercise, social and cognitive engagement, moderate coffee consumption, and listening to Bottle Talk with Rick well, and Paul. Well, I was going to say moderate cognitive engagement. Isn't that like listening to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul? No, this is a total complete co- – because if you listen to us, you are sucked in, my friend, <laughs> sucked in. So a couple of glasses of wine and a podcast – You'll live forever. You're golden. This I'll tell is you. fabulous. Maybe take us on your run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> that's, your, that's your moderate exercise. That's right. Okay, so here's another one. This one's a, maybe a bit more counterintuitive. Okay. Okay, so scientists in Spain say wine may prevent tooth and gum decay. Okay, good. I'm not sure why that would work, yeah. but a study published in the Journal of Agricultural and Food Chemistry, as you know, my is usually my evening reading. <laughs> um, these are researchers from the Spanish National Research Council in Madrid. So the antioxidants in red wine prevented plaque-causing bacteria from sticking to gum tissue. Okay. So basically the stuff that plaque, you know, are bad things. So could you brush your teeth with red wine? Well, this is the thing. So they're talking about this. They did this with some model gum. So they basically grew... They grew gum tissue from human cells, okay. and then they applied wine antioxidants, and it seemed to work. Uh, the uh, antioxidants and a probiotic was even more effective, whatever that means. They put right. a probiotic on. They haven't figured out how to put it into a mouthwash or a toothpaste. I'm thinking maybe drink some wine. I'm thinking swirl and spit, right? Yep. Yeah. It's, nice it's little shot of red wine. You um, brush your teeth. Rinse and spit with a beautiful bottle of Cabernet or Pinot Noir, yeah. and you're good. You're good to go. No, I think so too. Although they did have no, nothing to uh, prevent, prevent red wine stains, apparently on those teeth. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think, Paul? You buying in? I'm going for it. Okay. I'm going to go home and tell my wife, honey, I'm going to rinse with red wine every night before bed. <laughs> all right, yeah, there you go. Well, now you don't have to worry about that, Rick, because you rinse with red wine pretty much all the time. Oh but... yeah, sometimes in the middle of the night. <clears throat> oh yeah, just get up, do a rinse. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for our remotely useful information. Well, not entirely because now we're going to answer some questions and give some remotely useful information. Yeah, not very useful advice. Yeah, that's right. And uh, if you'd like to ask us a question and you're not on our website, our website's the place to go, rickandpaulwine.com. And you can find us on iTunes, as I understand. You can find us on iTunes. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yep. All right, so uh, this is from Lawrence in Denver, who I think is probably funnier than either of us. A low bar. Yeah, it is a low bar. A low bar. Very very strong point. (laughs) Um, So he says, you guys complain a lot about how wine and food recommendations usually pick only one particular wine from a remote region of nowhere to pair with steak. Writers do the same thing with cheese, don't you think? Yes. He says, they won't say tangy cheese or blue cheese, but one brand of weird sheep's blue cheese from an infinitely small coastal dairy with no vehicle access and no distribution. (laughs) Excellent. He says, doesn't wine go with pretty much all cheese? Can't they just say drink cheese with the – Drink wine with the cheese. Drink this with cheese. Can't they just say drink this with cheese? It's a great point because actually one of the jokes – in my Wines of the World class that I teach is I we start making suggestions about what goes with wine, and goat cheese goes with just about every oh, kind right. of wine. Yes. And right. so <clears throat> after the first couple of weeks, we'll pour a wine and I'll say, so food recommendations, and somebody will always start off with goat cheese, and I have to say, no, 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 come on, we got to go beyond goat cheese. But So Lawrence is right. Goat cheese goes with all wines. Yeah, and there, there's a reason why goat cheese and cheeses in general, because they're a little salty, they're a little fatty. Those yep. two things just blend with the acidity 
acidities. If there's a little bit of acid, there's always some acid in wine. Some acid in the cheese tangy, too. Yep. Yeah. So all those things together, and acid and acid actually go well together. Yep. So it's one of those little funny things. If you have uh, an, a bite of something with a little acid in it, and a, a, a sip of something with a little acid, and the acid actually neutralizes. Yep. So yep. it all feels tasting smoothie. Plus, it's cheese. But but to Lawrence's point, there's no way you can show off. Right. Your intimate knowledge of the various udders of the various dairy animals on the planet if you can't start specifying exactly which rare kind of goat cheese is made on this one little hillside on the back of beyond. And as, as Lawrence points out, especially if there's no vehicle access. No vehicle access. That's just a wonderful line, <laughs> Lawrence. Right. <laughs> you can be on the show anytime. <laughs> That's right. All right. So this is from Paul in Sacramento. And this was a discussion, but it came down to this because Paul was asking me this question. Uh-huh. And he said— "What?" Uh, so he asked you the question. You couldn't answer it, so you're bringing it here. Huh? No, I thought it was a good question. Oh, okay. I, I did actually <clears throat> answer it. And as usual, as if as if he were listening to the show, he was dissatisfied with the answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you call that an answer. <laughs> That's right. So he says, what is mega purple and can someone be allergic to it? Uh, so yes. Yeah, but they wouldn't be any more allergic to it than they would to any wine. Right. Uh, Mega purple is a grape concentrate that's made from certain grapes that have specifically dark color juice. Dark juice. Because there's only a handful of of red wine grapes that have dark color juice. Most most grape juice is white. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, But it's just a concentration of that juice. Uh, And if they're allergic to red wine, then they might well be allergic to mega purple. But if they're not allergic to red wine, it's hard to understand how they would be allergic to mega purple. Now, my understanding was that Paul was concerned that the person who was allergic was having a digestive problem. A little bit of a stomach, a little bit of a discomfort, not feeling great, but a little bit woozy too. A little bit of both, yeah. So here's my answer to that, which is every time I hear someone has a a digestive allergy to red wine, I always ask them what they had to eat because when they drink red wine, they had lasagna, pizza, etc. And when they had white wine, they were eating fish and chicken, and the red wine made their stomach upset. And I'm thinking, no, it didn't. It was all that Could rich, heavy food, food you yeah. ate with the red wine. Yes. Well, in, in so, my case, I eat all those things. You ate all those at things. Every, and at you every d- meal. And you drink have, all those things. My, my standard meal is chicken, fish, pizza. And, uh, and, and, yeah. and the only upset stomachs are from your guests. <laughs> yes, yes. They, they, they watching me eat is an experience. I'm just saying. That's right. <laughs> okay. That's right. All right. That's it for uh, questions for now. But we will have more in just a bit. You are listening to Ball Talk with Rick and Paul. But now, some really horrible wine writing. Oh boy. As we've established, that is the international sound of really horrible wine writing. Yes, it is. And uh, so, Paul, do you think that uh, these folks at this website might be making up some of these customer quotes? Rick, I'm shocked. I tell you, shocked. shocked. Who would ever make up hard a to quote believe from yes. their customers about Especially how good the wine they don't is? Even, they don't even name them. They just a customer says. Customer says. So, so here's here's a couple of their um, their their lines that the customers allegedly say. The website. It's, this is a website that sends out wine deals. And uh, you know, and it I, turns out that all of the wines are great deals. What, I'll, I'll bet. Well, I'll bet they're all yeah. great deals. Right? And this is, they say customers can't get enough of the wine, saying, this is the quote, at $25 a bottle, this is an amazing wine. That's the quote. Yeah. Here's another one. 
all in caps. Great wine, great price with free with W slash free shipping. Yeah. This came out on the day that the offer came out, by the way. So how does the customer know it's great wine if the offered if the wine just got offered for sale? Uh, the must, customer hasn't they must tasted have it. Gotten yet. up at midnight, saw it, and immediately immediately popped open a cork, drank it, and were well, quick well they must have had it in their review. So they probably had the uh, super Amazon UPS <laughs> mega pipeline. flying drone or they something. They had the pipeline. Yes. Here's another quote. This is a great wine at a great price. Boy, you know, there's a constant theme running through I these keep, reviews, right? I keep right? seeing that. They, they Wait, almost... let me guess. The next wine is, I like this wine a lot. It tastes really good, and it's a really affordable price. Well, pretty close. <laughs> I, I love this wine. It's one of the best I've tasted in a long time with an affordable price. There you go. See, <laughs> yeah, I could do this. Yeah, yeah. I could do in this. In fact, the great wine at a great price came up on a whole bunch. Uh, wow. Yes. Apparently, the, the uh, this their customers really like uh, the price of the wines. Yes. Well, you know, that's the way it goes. Customers... Yeah. Customers are even less articulate than we are, Rick, because when you ask them what they think of a wine, they always say great wine with a great price. And yet when you and I talk to people about wine, they almost never say that. No. And in fact, you know, if you ever actually look around, which I do sometimes at amusement, something because I'm curious uh, at some of those websites where customers – in fact, a lot of the big wine stores have – where customers do write reviews, you know, as their email and all that kind of stuff. And and they always want to describe the wine. Yes. And in none of these quotes yeah. did any of the customers describe the wine. Not a single wine. description of the wine. I am a, I'm a wee bit suspicious, Paul. You're skeptical. I am. Well, I don't blame you. All right. So uh, you have one of the descriptions that the wine, that same website used to feature a wine. Well, and I'm sure that once you read this, once you hear this description, Rick, you are going to come to the same conclusion I did. Which that is, it's a great wine at a great price. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. The vineyard site features a patchwork of small blocks planted to seven different Pinot Noir clones. Decomposed sandstone provides superb drainage and mineral uptake <laughs> while naturally restricting wine, vine vigor and yields. This 2013 was aged nine months in 32% new French oak barrels and is beautifully balanced at 13.5% alcohol. Best after 2019. I wonder what that tastes like. I got to tell you this, Rick. 32%. Yeah. There you go. Because, you know, if it was anything less. Well, you know, if they'd gone to 33, it would have ruined it. It would totally ruin wine. It would have ruined it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It couldn't have been a third. Yes. It was 32%. And, and, And decomposed sandstone. And and don't don't overlook the mineral uptake. Oh, mineral which, uptake, yeah. which yes. every botanist and viticulturalist will tell you is a whole load of hooey. Oh, I thought it was when the mineral ate too much pizza and <laughs> cheese and vines do not uptake minerals into the, the no minerals in the soil end up in the wine. No, they it's do been not. proven over and over again. Yes, so 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 yeah, and yet yet. With all of that, I wouldn't have a clue what that wine tastes like. Thank goodness well, it tastes there like are customer reviews. Who know that it's a great wine at a great price. That is. Yeah, right. Well, okay. we've been snarky. <laughs> so Us? I'm thinking we should transition to something that we love.
Because, yes, despite all of our snarkiness, there is stuff we love in the world. And you mentioned this to me a while back, and I love this. Well, we were in Vancouver, and I was talking to a guy who was pouring some wines from Nova Scotia. And now Nova Scotia makes primarily white wines, and they are – they even have a a proprietary wine there called, I think, Tidal White or Tidal Blanc. And it um, is designed to go with oysters. And he had a selection of oysters there, and we were talking about oysters, and he started talking about the miroir. That's mer as in the sea. As in the sea. And you've got terroir, which is how the earth affects the vine, and miroir is how that little cove or that little current or that little location under the sea affects the oysters that grow there and how the oysters that grow in different places taste differently because of the miroir. I'm going to totally use that. It's a great line. It is. Uh, I wonder if they have mineral uptake, though. No, and I'll bet they have no shaved minerality no, in these oysters or, either. The mineral up chuck was probably more. And, I'll, and I'll bet the oysters don't take like taste like cassis either. <laughs> they <laughs> probably taste a lot like oysters. I bet they do. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, there's, uh, there's there's a happy word for us just because it's silly and fun, and I like. It. Yeah. And uh, speaking of uh, well, silly, not necessarily fun. We're going to answer a couple more questions. Good. So, in fact, we have another wine allergy-related question. This is from Cheryl in Santa Barbara. Okay. And it gets a little bit to what you were talking about. Yep. Although, in this case, this is a little, it could be a little different. She says, I like big reds, but sometimes they upset, upset my stomach. Hmm. Someone said I might have a tannin allergy and I'd be better off drinking wines from Italy and France. Is there any, any of that true? Uh, no. None of that is true. Uh, well, she could have a tannin allergy. She could have a tannin allergy, but, but it wouldn't result in an upset stomach. No. Um, in fact, tannin allergies are – if she were allergic to tannin, she would also be allergic to tea. And my guess is she's not because – Well, there – you know, we don't know. Uh, it, it is possible, but but so so if – but what happens is like a flushed face. It's, right. it's a more – it's a congestion. It's, it's uh, right. much more – there are some – I actually had to look this up because I just want to make sure we were correct. There are, you know, sometimes a headache – very, very few stomach issues, but you right. wouldn't get the stomach issues without those other things, right? So, because right. that that is a really this intense... goes back to the mega purple answer, right? Which is that, yeah, uh, primarily what red wines have that white wines do not have. Yes, you have tannin, but you also have histamines, right? But histamines also the same, the same, you know, stuffy it's, nose, right. runny eye. That's a histamine. And by the way, in every time I mention this, I make this caveat. I am not suggesting that if you think you have a histamine allergy when you're drinking red wine, that you should take antihistamines and then drink a lot of red yes, wine. That I is have, not recommended. Yes, that, especially not recommending a daytime antihistamine that would keep you awake <laughs> so that you could drink your wine. Right. I mean, we are absolutely not saying that. Um, but uh, the other thing, Bill. Other part of it, and this is we get this all the time with these questions about people, you know, that that the reds in Italy and France and Spain are are healthy and the There's American wines aren't. Zero chemical difference. Yes, and tannin in particular is something that is in the grape. Right. So if it's going to be a wine from France or Italy, and chances are the wines from France, tannins. Italy, and Spain actually have higher probably tannin true levels because they than California yeah, ones. It's just the nature of the wines they use and what yeah. they do. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. again, if you have a digestive reaction to drinking red wine, it probably has more to do with what you are eating with that red wine than the red wine itself. Yeah, unless it's all wine. 
And that's the difference. Then it's, an al- and then it's the alcohol. Then it's the alcohol. Right. And, yep. that, and people, some people do have Happily, it. Rick does not suffer from that problem. I don't let it bother me. <laughs> no, I'm going to drink it no matter what. <laughs> that's right. You're going to drink it if it kills you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we had a study a couple weeks ago that said it's not going to kill me. It's going to make me live longer. And, and you your forget? gums are going to love you for that's it, right. too. Yes. Uh, the... Yes. Uh, all right. Now I'm now I'm got myself confused. Okay. All right. So Cindy in Redondo Beach, uh, she says, I like lots of wine, but I remember maybe five names, like most people actually. Right. So Fair she enough. says, when I'm in a store and there's this massive, impossible wall of glass, meaning the bottles. Right. How do you choose? Uh, well, Cindy, most people go in and they stick to those five things that they like, and then they go to the price point that they like, and they narrow it down and they pick one based on the label. Now, that's one option, but um, I have a different suggestion for Cindy because this is what I do every time I travel uh, if I'm, if I'm going to be there for a while. If I, you know, I'm going to be in France or I'm going to be in Spain for a while, I walk into the local supermarket, local wine shop, and I pull out, you know, 50, 100 bucks, and I buy five, six, seven, eight bottles of wine, all different, all things I've never heard of, and I just try them. And I pull the corks and I drink them and I just have fun because Cindy doesn't have to buy the perfect bottle every time. She can afford to explore. Well, this is, I think, um, this is, it's a good question. And and certainly everybody's got a a, a different approach. And some people just want to get the wine they like. But one of the things that I see a lot with folks is like this fear of making a mistake. You know, the with, only with mistake you can make with a bottle of wine is to not open it. Yes, or open it uh, upside down. So then you we lose, always, you lose. Op- always open the small end. Yes, right. Yeah. Now we're yeah, we're, but if you, and we're if you pull the cork part. out and you got it that nose down, you're in trouble. It's just, <laughs> um, but you, the and so some of that is that that people, you know, I'm getting this one ball, especially if it's for Tuesday night, you know, and you just want to have a glass of wine. You know, what's the worst that could happen? So you don't love it. You know, it's, it's most of that wine there is, is all well-made. Most wine's yeah. well-made. You're going to have fun. You may learn something that you really love. You may taste something and think, oh, I won't buy that one again. That's okay. And that's where your system of taking yes. the photographs so, is a good system. Right. So that's once more the, the – and this is this is that will help you if you do want to make sure you get a wine this that you like. This is the trademarked and patented. The trademarked, patented, Rick, and your cell phone approach, which is that you take – when you see if I, I find a wine you like, take out your cell phone take a picture of it. Yep. When you find a wine you don't like, take out your phone and take a picture of it, but turn it sideways. Right. So now you know which ones you don't like. You just right. don't have that wine. You don't have to remember. And you see the ones that you do. Now, and the time you have to concentrate, Rick, is when you're lying on the floor because you really enjoyed the bottle of wine. Yeah, and you've got to I got to remember which one's sideways that's right. and up. That's hard and, work oh, yeah. at that point. Yeah, that's true. That is a good point. <laughs> um, but, it is, you know, and, and unfortunately in supermarkets, there's, they're not going to give you a lot of help because there's not, often not somebody there. Yeah. Right. And so or if there is, they may not be a world they, Yeah, they may just expert. be the person stocking the shelves. Right. Right. So right. um but you know and, and so, so so Cindy you just your two approaches. Be fearless. Are, yeah. Be, be fearless. fearless. Have some fun. Explore things. And when you find something you like, take a picture of it so that the next time you go in you can remember it again. And then you yeah. don't have to remember you can still remember those five, but you'll have six or eight other things on your phone that you yeah. can Yeah. Now there's refer one to. other approach. Uh oh. Uh, and, and so you, when you stand around, uh, look like you're making choices, and you wait till somebody else reaches for a bottle of wine in the general section that you might be going, and then you just do the same thing. Ask them. Oh, okay. And so, then they. And why? Then... You, can you tell me why you like that wine? Not, no. Yeah. What's that wine taste like? Yeah. Just why do you like that wine? 
And that'll there'll be a really probably much easier question for them than to start saying yeah, whether they it's may got not shape know any more than you are, and then you're really in a mess. Well, they might right. And say I, if they say I don't know, I'm going to try it. Now you at least you got company. <laughs> <laughs> the two of you can suffer together. That's right. Take it out in the parking lot, open it up, see yeah. if you both like well, it. Well, there is that approach too. If the wine <laughs> is the wine is inexpensive enough. There you go. <laughs> That's the, that was the old two buck chuck thing is to go out and see if you liked it. All right. Well. Uh, if you've been uh, listening to the entire show, you're probably not alone, which means you have company in your suffering, just like Cindy might. But that <laughs> is it for another round of Bottle Talk with Brick and Fall. Our producer is Matt Bassini. Thank Our you, Matt. Our associate producer is Jerry Marin. Jeremy Marin. Thanks to Capital Public Radio for the studio use and for including us on their podcast. Their line. recommended podcast line. Recommended. That's right. God bless them. If you'd like to ask us a question, go to our website. If you're not already there, rickandpaulwine.com. And if you learned anything today, we hope it's that being a wine snob can land you in jail. And we'll make fun of you on top of it. Even worse. I'm Rick Cushman. And I'm Paul Wagner. Remember, the best wines you drink are with friends. Or with us. Especially us. Especially us.